The Kings lose again to the Warriors, this time without Fox, this time on the road, and this time by one point, 102 to 101. But for me, the reason this one sucks is because the Kings didn't really lose this game. You know, I'd try not to comment on officiating favoring one team or the other because, you know, that's not that fun to talk about. And, you know, it usually evens out. But this game was absolutely decided by the refs. I mean, eight fouls by the Kings to zero fouls by the Warriors in the first 14 minutes of the second half. And that was, this is not the Lakers versus the Kings where they have LeBron and AD and there are mismatches inside and they're driving to the rim every time, you know. It was just, it was missed call after missed call. I mean, and especially late in the fourth. Like, just the second half was one of the most poorly officiated games I've seen. And so that would, that is really what sucks. Because this team, without De'Aaron Fox, did absolutely everything to win this game. And they played so well. Keegan Murray wasn't even knocking down his shots. You didn't have Herder knocking down his shots. Nobody was taking over this game offensively for the Kings. Like you would think someone would need to for them to win on the road against the Warriors without De'Aaron Fox. But we held the Warriors to 102 points. It was... Such a good defensive performance from the Kings. And that's with them starting really poorly at the very start of this game defensively. I think the Warriors started like 4 for 4 or 5 for 5, something like that. And we're just getting easy shot after easy shot. But the Kings were able to adjust and they were able to force a lot of turnovers. And they were able to take Steph Curry out of this game by putting Keegan Murray on him and then sending bodies to him every time he went around a screen. And the few times we didn't do that and he got open looks, he usually nailed them. But obviously you're not going to keep him quiet forever because he only needs an inch of space. And you know, you're know you not going to stop him from getting an inch every single possession. But for the most part, we did a much better job than the first game against the Warriors this season. I know people don't want moral victories, and it's especially hard in a game that you lose like that, with Clay Thompson hitting that shot with 0.2 seconds left, and with Sabonis and JaVale McGee getting fouled inside, and Harrison Barnes getting fouled inside on every possession, and them just not calling it for the entire second half. But the Kings' defense looks improved. It absolutely looks improved from last season. And so if you want a moral victory, you can look to the next three games where we have much easier opposition. We're probably going to be without Fox for all of them, I would guess. But if this game tells you anything, it tells you that we can absolutely win every single one of those games. But the defensive intensity has to stay at this level because offensively, you're just not going to be super consistent without Fox. Now, I would hope that Somebody gets it going, other than Sabonis. For large parts of this game, Sabonis was the only offense, and it was just either he goes inside, makes a layup, draws a foul, or we don't score. Keegan, I think, went 0 for 7 in the first half, and then ended up, I think, going 4 for 8 in the second half, but still never hit a 3. And I think for him, 
in the first three games of this season, all of his shots, I, I pretty much loved every single one of the shots that he was taking. And he just wasn't making all of them or, you know, a good amount of them. He just wasn't making them. But in this first half, I felt differently about the types of shots that he was getting. I thought they were much worse quality shots. I almost feel like Mike Brown has gone a little overboard on telling him to shoot every shot and he gets subbed if he if he doesn't shoot because some of those shot attempts were just like not what I wanted. And a large part of it also is the shots that he's not taking. And this cha- this is what changed from the first half to the second half. It was in the first half, there were so many times where Keegan had Steph Curry or a smaller defender CP3 on him and he would come around a screen and have so much space to just rise up and easily shoot over the defender. But instead, like on one play, he took this weird off-balance fader that he missed, and then on other plays he would either just pass or just go to the rim with no plan, really, and then eventually pass out of it, when he could easily take advantage of the mismatch and shoot right over his defender. And that's what he started doing right away in the second half. He had success in that mid-range. He had one nice play over Curry. He had that nice play taking Klay Thompson off the dribble. That was really nice. And he was just much more aggressive inside the three-point line. Not necessarily even getting to the basket, but just from the mid-range. I do wonder how much his thumb is bothering him. He does have that thumb injury on his shooting hand. So maybe that has something to, to do with him not being great from three to start this season. But what he did really well in this game is guarding Steph Curry. The defensive end, he has looked so improved from last season. The Kings threw a a few different looks at Steph. Herter was on him for a very short period of time, which I was like, why are we doing this again? But it was a little better because we were sending more bodies at him when he went around screens. But then also we had Davion on him for a short period of time. And then it was Keegan for the rest of the way. And Keegan, honestly, he he just did a good job of just being right on Curry's hip. Like not trying to stay in front of him, going around these screens, but just staying on his hip. And it annoyed Curry and it forced Curry into a lot of turnovers. Steph had seven turnovers on the game. A lot of them forced by Murray just sitting there on his hip, not even getting his hand in there, just sitting there. And I do think that's how you have to play Steph, because if you try to stay in front of him, he's either going to step back for a three, he's going to go by you, or he's going to come off a screen and abuse you in some way if you're trying to play one-on-one. And I think the better way to play Steph is team defense. I mean, it has to be of just sitting on his hip and then allowing the help to stop him from going anywhere else, especially around the screens. It was interesting to see Davion guarding Draymond Green, and there were definitely a few moments where the Warriors took advantage, but definitely not enough to warrant the Kings from changing anything. And and what Davion guarding Draymond allowed the Kings to do, or what it allowed Davion to do, is it allowed him to help a lot. And there were a lot of moments where he would see Clay or Steph coming around his screen and he would immediately help and and force a tough shot. And it also allows him to switch onto Steph or Clay when they're trying to do a handoff with Draymond or just Draymond screening for one of them. 
So it was the Kings taking advantage of Draymond not being a scorer. It definitely had its disadvantages of allowing Davion to be on a bigger guy at times, and there were times where Davion got stuck on Wiggins, and Wiggins took advantage inside. I feel like Davion's in such a weird spot just as an NBA player because he has such defensive talent. He's so good at staying in front of guys, getting his hand on balls. And in this game, he was knocking down his threes. But then you have moments where Wiggins is able to easily seal him inside and just shoot right over him. There's moments where he's guarding Klay Thompson with 0.2 seconds left in the game and Klay Thompson hits the game-winning shot over him. Like, uh, uh, there are those moments. And so it's it's tough to really see how far he can get as an NBA player. You know what, this game kind of reminded me of the uh, start to the season last year when Clay fouled Herder on the three-point attempt. That would have, you know, I think it have given us a chance to tie the game or win it. I can't remember. And then Tyler Hero traveling and hitting the game-winning shot and us getting robbed of those two games at the very start of the season. That's what this game reminded me of. Just the heartbreak of knowing that it wasn't the Kings' fault that they lost, but especially with it being the Warriors in in two of those games now, and Clay Thompson taking advantage of it in two of those games. Kevin Herter had a interesting game, and the reason I say it like that is because I mean he just he just can't find his shot. Last game he went three for seven from three, but was still really poor from the field overall. And the first two games were obviously horrible. This one was pretty bad. One for five from three. And we just, we needed him to hit shots. But then you go to the defensive end and he was pretty good in this game. Not having to guard Steph Curry or not having to do it alone obviously makes it a lot easier. But I I think the best part of his game was his rebounding in this one. He had nine rebounds, two offensive, seven defensive So that was really big because you can't allow offensive rebounds, although he did have one where he tapped it out for really no reason. And then it went to Steph, who hit a three. You can't tap balls out against the Warriors. That's just a a really bad idea. But overall, he was really good rebounding the ball. And then you have Chris Duarte, who also came in and was playing really well defensively in his only seven minutes. But the reason he played only seven minutes was because he was forcing things way too much offensively. I think he just felt like he had to get something going offensively because we didn't have Fox, which was is really just not the case. Like, you still had Sabonis out there to facilitate things. There's no reason to be driving out of control when that's just not your game. So that's why he only played seven minutes. And so on the flip side of that, you had Colby Jones, who made his, is this his NBA debut? At least his debut in meaningful minutes. I can't remember if he ever came into one of the first three games. But he came in and immediately was able to finish two pretty tough shots inside. And they were kind of surprising that he was even going up. Because when he's driving to the rim, he's moving so slowly. And, you know, he doesn't have that acceleration to get by guys. He's just not a quick player, but he uses his body super well and he's a really good finisher. So we saw that 
on a, a couple shots. And then he kind of forced a few others. But he overall looked pretty solid in his 17 minutes. Got a nice block. I think that was at the end of the third quarter. Or was that at halftime? I can't remember. Yeah, that was the end of the third quarter. That was right after the McGee block as well. And so talking about the bench unit, it was really good in the first half. It helped us get that lead at the end of the first quarter. Malik Monk was knocking down his three ball. JaVale McGee was doing JaVale McGee things, just being a big guy. Uh, had a great block at the end of the third quarter. And also, you could see he was trying to take advantage of Dario Saric being a, a poor defender and a smaller guy at center. And it, you know, mixed results. I, I never love a JaVale McGee post-up, but when it works, it's the best. <laughs> Him trying to hit those hook shots. And really, there's just never a moment of calm when Monk and McGee are on the floor together, at least on the offensive end. And honestly, on the defensive end as well, it's just kind of chaos. And that chaos can be good, it can be bad, and there were definitely sometimes it was bad where it would then lead to transition opportunities for the Warriors through turnovers, and then that would kind of lead to offensive rebounds because guys weren't matched up, and it was a little chaotic. And obviously, offensive rebounds are killer against the Warriors. But overall, the Kings show that they are the much deeper team of these two. Dario Saric, Kaminga, Gary Payton, and Moses Moody, those guys aren't stacking up to the Kings bench. And obviously, Chris Paul is, but nobody else on the Warriors bench is really stacking up. Like, they have okay players, but the Kings bench has showed that they're much improved from last year. Sasha was off, and that was kind of killer. Just not necessarily him specifically, but just him being off, along with, you know, Duarte not finding his offensive rhythm, along with Herter not hitting threes, along with Keegan not hitting threes. Barnes was really the only one of our supposed three-point shooters that was knocking them down. And you obviously, had, like I said, had Davion and Malik hitting them as well. But we needed someone else to get the offense going a little bit. Obviously, scoring 101 points, that's not a lot of points for this team. I know Fox is out, but we just we needed someone else to hit him. But that's why it was so amazing that we still should have won this game, even without that offense going like it was it was supposed to. The one thing that surprised me the most was the way that the Kings came out in the third quarter. Because the third quarter is normally the Warriors' quarter. And the Warriors were up by one point going into halftime. And the Kings went on a 12-2 run. And I expected it to be the other way around. And I was expecting Curry to get going. And for the Warriors to start getting offensive rebounds and kickouts and those killer threes like they do. And they just didn't do that very much. And that is absolutely credit to the Kings' defense. And obviously the Kings' offense was pretty good at the start of the third quarter as well. Mostly Barnes. But I just kept waiting for the Warriors' offensive onslaught to commence. And it never came. And the Kings just kept forcing turnovers and being disruptive all the way to the end of the fourth quarter. And it wasn't until the, like, the last two minutes. And then the team started trading baskets. 
overall in this game, there was just nothing more that we could expect the Kings to do. They did everything that they could defensively, offensively. The shots really weren't falling for our three-point shooters. But obviously that's not something I can get mad at because what are you going to do? And when the offense wasn't flowing, I can't get mad at that either because without Fox. Also, what are you going to do a lot of the times? But if this defensive intensity continues throughout the rest of the season, this team is going to be really, really good. We're already two wins improved from where we were last season, where we were 0-4. And now we got the easy, easier stretch of games coming up. Because, you know, the start of the season was a little tough. Utah, not the best team. Not the worst, though. And then, obviously, two against the Warriors, one against the Lakers, is a tough schedule. But then again, the Kings kind of just have a tough schedule overall because for some reason, all the star players love to play in the Pacific Division. So we get to play all of them four times. And now James Harden is on the Clippers. So that's fun. And also another thing revolving around that James Harden being a Clippers, uh, being a Clipper, is the Kings kind of got involved in that deal and made a trade with the Clippers to get I think his name is Philip Petrusev or something like that. Uh, you know, a guy who's played, I think, three minutes in the NBA for Philadelphia. He is a Serbian center who played for Gonzaga. And he also played in, I think, the Adriatic League in Europe and was the MVP, I think. As you can tell, I don't really know anything about him. He was good in the World Cup for Serbia. But also the Kings got money from the deal and really it's uh, just to take a swing on a guy, fill the last roster spot and not give anything up as well as bring in some cash. So not really a, a big deal. Other Kings news, Trey Lyles is hoping to be at practice. I think at the next practice, he said he, he was hoping to be at. He hasn't practiced with the team yet, but was getting some shots up individually. So hopefully we have him back soon. And that'll be interesting to see how the rotations shift. But also it will be interesting to see how the rotations shift if Duarte keeps playing poorly offensively. I, like I have been very vocal about, am a big fan of his defense. And I don't want his minutes to go away. But... Obviously, we saw if he is going to force things offensively and not knock down shots, he will get pulled. So it'll be interesting to see if Colby Jones can carve out a rotational spot for himself because he looked solid. Or if we just go super big off the bench, just go, you know, Davion, Monk, Lyles, Vezhenkov, McGee as our, our five off the bench. I guess that's possible. So those are some interesting rotational battles. Really what I'm hoping to see in these next three games is Kevin Herter get going with Fox out. We absolutely need him to get going offensively because he's a big part, especially late in games. He was, you know, kind of our second go-to guy in, in the regular season in terms of scoring when the game was close and it was getting down to it when in clutch time. Obviously, it was Fox most of the time, but the second guy was always Herder in terms of scoring. The Kings have a, a two-game set against the Houston Rockets, November 4th and November 6th, so Saturday and Monday. And then they head to Portland on the 8th, 
And so really, we should be winning at least two out of three of those games, even without Fox. Like, Naomi Fox sucks, and it's rough for the offense, but it really shouldn't matter against those teams. Of course, this is the NBA. Anyone can beat anyone on any given night, but I think two out of three is the minimum expectation for that three-game set. Anyways, that is it for this episode of The Roll Report. I will see you guys next time to recap that game against Houston. And I may not post that until Sunday, because I am going to the Sacramento Republic FC playoff game on Saturday. Peace.